0: The prospect of a treaty in Victoria is a step closer after the Victorian government agreed to hand over some of its power through the creation of a treaty authority, an independent umpire to oversee the treaty making process in the state. It's believed a statewide treaty between First Nations people and the Victorian government could take up to a decade. But advocates say the process is necessary to ensure it has the best chance of succeeding. The First People's Assembly of Victoria is an independent and democratically elected body to represent Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in Victoria. Marcus Stewart serves as its co-chair and he spoke with producer and journalist Jay McAllister. Yeah, so we're the democratically elected voice for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the treaty process in Victoria. We were originally stood up back in December 2019, which feels like a lifetime ago. But we were elected and entrusted to negotiate the treaty architecture in Victoria. And we've done it to date um, very successfully. If you look at um, our call on the York Justice Commissioner, the first truth-telling process in this nation's history. And I think about our membership is a, is a hybrid model. It's, there's 21 democratically elected seats across five regions and 11 reserved seats for traditional-owner nations who hold rights under the Aboriginal Heritage Act, Traditional-Owner Settlement Act, which are both Victorian pieces of legislation, and the Federal Native Title Act.
1: Okay. Um, can you take us through the progress that has been made in regards to treaty in Victoria?
0: I guess I reflect back on the journey to date since December 2019. It, um, it does feel like a lifetime ago when we were, we were stood up, we held our elections, we held our inaugural meeting on that date in the Upper House of Victoria, and we were elected and entrusted to deliver the nation's first treaty architecture, which was the Self-Determination Fund, which will be the independent revenue source, the treaty negotiation framework, which is the ground rules, and the Treaty Authority, which is currently in the Parliament of Victoria and soon to be in the Upper House, which will be the independent umpire for treaty negotiations. So, we're leading the nation, we're doing some amazing work. You know, nothing's perfect, but we have a lot to share and I think there's a lot to learn from our experience here in Victoria and now that we've seen in a, a national agenda around Voice Treaty Truth, the elements that we're currently delivering here in Victoria and I think it's a pretty proud time to be a Victorian and it's a pretty, pretty significant moment for our traditional owners across, across Victoria.
1: Now you mentioned the um, Treaty Authority. How will that work? So the vision
0: and the aspiration which our community have have been very clear on to us is that there needed to be an independent umpire, independent from government, independent from um, traditional owner nations and the First People's Assembly who would oversee the treaty-making process, who could bring parties together, could keep negotiations happening in good faith, but ensure that that it was Aboriginal-led, it was underpinned by... Aboriginal law, L-O-R-E, Western law and cultural authority. So it was within our shape. It was an agreement reached between the Parliament of Victoria and the First Peoples Assembly. And we're pretty excited to, well, now that we have bipartisan support, to see um, the authority be stood up. And hopefully next year, for the first time in this country's history, see treaty making
1: happening now i 'm sure you've come across uh, opposition to treaty. How do you respond to those who who say a treaty will not necessarily improve the lives of indigenous people? I think um,
0: we've heard a, a, we heard a lot of that when we were first stood up, and there 's a bit of that playing out now federally and I think it speaks to those people 's naivety and just just not understanding exactly what treaty is in it being a peace agreement that it being Aboriginal people or a First Nations voice on First Nations issues. It's significantly and deliberately set out to improve the lives of our people because when we have our people in the driver's seat, we'll achieve outcomes because what we know is parliaments lack creativity and imagination to address the critical issues that disproportionately impact Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people around the nation. And so what I say and what I think is people with that level of commentary, just don't understand. And and it's a shame, but the beauty of the work we're doing is we're saying to them, come on this journey with us, walk with us, whether you don't understand or whether you want to understand, we're happy to work with you. Our door will always be open.
1: What work needs to be undertaken uh, moving forward to gain non-Indigenous support for treaty?
0: Yeah, well, m- momentum's critical in... You know, building support. But what we've demonstrated is a, as the First Peoples Assembly of Victoria, is a proven ability to just do the work and get things done. And I think that's what Victorians appreciate. And we've always said that: stand with us on our journey of truth, and walk with us on our journey of treaty. We, and not it, we're not asking people to carry a level of burden and shame on this. What we're, what we've long asked Victorians is to roll up your sleeves and help us deliver the solutions or work through what those solutions look like to improve the lives of Aboriginal people. It's a joint effort. It's reconciliation. And it's a journey best walked together, not walked alone.
1: Now, an Indigenous voice to Parliament has dominated political discussion over the past week or so. How do you think that debate will impact uh, what you're doing in Victoria?
0: I don't think it'll impact um, what we're doing in Victoria because Victorians understand exactly what we're setting out to achieve. they've They've kept an eye on the process we've been doing for two and a half years now. And unfortunately, what we're seeing federally right now is individuals trying to make a name for themselves by turning what is a simple ask, and that's a First Nations' voice on a first nations on First Nations issues. To for government and uh, our people to walk together on this journey. And all the, um, I guess, the negative commentary is just ill-informed. And what we'd expect, and I think a lot of us would expect, is for our politicians to be informed on the matters that are important to our country. This matter is important to our country. So we hope to see a more mature debate progress over the coming months and I think the responsibility sits with every single politician in the um, in the federal parliament to lead those mature conversations to understand exactly what's being asked of the general population of Australia by Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and we learned through Victoria that there is enormous appetite for change and people want to be doing the right thing and this is simply First Nations' voice on first nations issues very similar to what we 're doing in Victoria
1: do you think the the model that um, you've utilized in Victoria is something that could be adopted nationally? well, I think any model developed
0: nothing is ever perfect, and we're not saying it's perfect what we're saying is that people can learn from our experience the good you know the great the not so great, but they can learn from what we've done, what we' do differently but in particular, the journey we've been on, and you know how and what we can share on the national stage to understand exactly what we've done, which is significant. There's, um, and I think there's real appetite to learn from what we've done in Victoria. But you couldn't take a Victorian model and cookie cutter it across the every jurisdiction. But there's a lot to learn and a lot to share from our end. And I think we have really set a high watermark and a high benchmark of um, what can be achieved. So there's. There's absolutely a lot for each jurisdiction to learn, and including from the federal, uh, from a federal perspective. So we'd be open to uh, to those dialogues and people coming and speaking to our members and understanding their experience and speaking to our community to understand their experience.
1: So what are the next steps and how can listeners keep up to date? Well,
0: they can follow us uh, on all our social medias, uh, which is the First Peoples Assembly of Victoria or our website, firstpeoplesvic.org. Really exciting times ahead. We're very, very close to um, soon or hopefully reaching agreement on the treaty negotiation framework, but um, those negotiations won't conclude until we've we've been able to see the passage of the treaty authority through the upper house, which is in the coming weeks. Then we hope to be able to finalise the treaty negotiation framework and the self-determination fund, all while... Uh, which is soon to be announced, um, hosting another Treaty Day Out, uh, which will be amazing in the, in the regions. And uh, we'll be pulling together you know, another amazing cast like we did in February. And we'll be encouraging all Aboriginal people in Victoria and, and all our allies to come along, celebrate and check out the, uh, the Treaty Day Out.
1: Well, Marcus, thanks so much for your time. No, thank you. Appreciate it.
0: That's co-chair of the First Peoples Assembly of Victoria, Marcus Stewart, speaking with producer and journalist Jay McAllister.